Welcome back to In the Outside with Vincent Ramirez. Previously on part one of my interview with Alex Kautz. You, you have to give it your all and everything. And once I finally was able to let go and do that, it's, I think, more about being open to new experiences and not putting yourself in a box. Because yeah. like a second ago, I caught myself saying like, I didn't, I don't do this music. I remember like the last time I had my heart broken, I didn't want to sit down and write a song because the feelings were so overwhelming. Yeah, really powerful feelings are what I like to write my music about and what you know artists of the past and future will write about too because it's it's something that it's part of the human experience we all go through it. I've always been drawn to music. It's it's something I've always wanted to do. I don't remember a time where I when I didn't want to be on a stage um, singing and performing and inspiring people. And now, part two of my interview with Alex Cowles. Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more, more about uh, kind of, I guess, growing up in Mansfield and um, and I, I, just for clarification, you're, uh, you would consider your sexual orientation gay, bi, yep. gay. gay? Okay. Now, did you come out like in like high school, after high school? I mean, was it something that you knew early on? I mean, like I've talked to some people and they're like, oh, I knew when I was a kid. Yeah. And, you know, mean, everybody's experience is a little different. I so. remember being 14, I think, when I first questioned it. Yeah. Because I think before then, I don't know if 14 is like the average age or if I was a late bloomer, <laughs> early bloomer. I don't know. But yeah. um, I remember being, I didn't want to like say anything too soon because I hadn't like had any sexual experiences or anything so yeah. I didn't want to you know jump the gun it, obviously like well I guess not obviously but like, <laughs> I didn't want to be gay so I okay. tried to like be like no maybe I'm just a horny like 14 year old boy I have no idea <laughs> you're like everything turns me on <laughs> yeah but um then I think by the time I had like accepted it I was Probably, I think it was like 17. Because I remember I went like kind of off the deep end for a while and was just smoking like lots of weed with my friends and not like caring about anything. I went to jail when I was 17. Oh, wow. Yeah, but then um, I just like turned my shit around and started like making art instead of destroying things. Wow. Now, when you were like, um, I mean, at 14, did did you talk to anybody about it? Was it, I mean, was there any family or friends or anything? I kept it to myself and then gradually, like I started telling people and it took me till I was about 17 or 18, probably 18 until I like wouldn't hide it from somebody. Did uh, somebody knew that I was meeting did uh, were you still living at home at that point? And still By in school? eighteen, I was like getting ready to to move out mm-hmm. and be on my own. And I went moved to Arlington first, and then made my way to Dallas. And yeah, those were some of the funnest times of my life because I lived with my friends, and I could not have to like hide anything from yeah. anybody and just be myself. And from like that point forward. My life has been like seventy percent better than it ever was. Oh. Like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, now you kind of mentioned that you kind of struggled with it in, in those early teen years. Uh, well, in, around yeah, fourteen, sure. thirteen year age. Um, was your? I mean, like, when you, did you talk to your family about it at that point? Like, when you were like seventeen or eighteen, you mentioned that I you fully accepted I, it for yourself. Or I, I remember a conversation I was having with my dad 
and I had been considering like talking to them at the time and we were watching Ellen and he made a comment about her and I don't remember what the comment was (laughs) but it just made me immediately say okay not gonna tell him anything (laughs) and he's come around now like he's the best my dad seriously shout out to you if you're listening Chad. he's the best oh. like I could not have a better dad he's so supportive even you know with any idea that I have like especially the good ones yeah. like if the next single that I have coming out like my dad blares in his car like it's so wow. funny and that's so cool I love that like he's so supportive yeah yeah yeah, and then, you know, a lot of people out there, unfortunately, don't have those same kind of experiences and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and um, I think that having friends that have had different experiences yeah. um, has, you know, really opened my eyes and humbled me and how, how much I need to appreciate having that. Yeah. Because, like, especially in other parts of the world, too. Like, yeah, yeah. I was in the car with an Uber driver the other day, and we had, like, a really long conversation. And... We actually talked for like 30 minutes, like after we had already parked. Oh gosh. Yeah. I was drunk, but he wasn't, which is the weird part. And I gave him time to like, I remember like, I had been like, it's like 10 minutes and I gave him an out pretty much. Like, yeah. Like, but he was like, no, like I want to like, he was so interested. Yeah. Um, cause he was gay too. And he, uh, was from, where was it? Some place really far away. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know where it was. Okay. Like, here in the U.S. or, no, like, out of the like, country? Out okay. of the country. Like, on the other side of the world. Okay. And he's like, you can't be gay there. Like, you'll get killed. Yeah. And so we just talked about that for, like, wow. so long. But it was eye-opening. It really yeah. made me, like, appreciate what I have. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned, is your... And how about your mom? Is she, I mean, supportive as well? Yeah, she's supportive. My mom, she's kind of shy like um when it comes to talking about those kind of things so it's definitely a touchy subject for her so i try to be respectful of that okay um which is hard for me sometimes because i'm very open and honest and i try to these days not leave anything on the line up for and well I like things being up for interpretation, but I just try to keep it 100. That's kind of my just goal. Yeah, Anything yeah that I, just being any open project and that I start because yeah. when you start picking at the details, it you know it takes away some of the, like the authentic. Like yeah. I've just noticed that when I just do it, yeah, and and lay it out there, it's. Always, yeah, it's pretty much always better. So, were you the the were you the kid that like mom and dad? I'm gay, and that's what it is, or was it more like you dropped well, those now I'm, that kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I'm that kid, but um, well, I guess I I kind of was that kid, but it wasn't so abrasive. It was more of like I lived in Dallas, and my parents lived in Mansfield, okay. and I post pictures and like you know with yeah. my gay friends and stuff so we didn't really have to talk about it okay like but i didn't hide anything okay. from them either and i would talk to them about it too like yeah about my relationships and um yeah and they've definitely come full circle yeah and so like speaking of relationships and things so you've had boyfriends and mm-hmm. are you able to bring them around your family and 
kind of enjoy, I don't know, oh, like yeah. Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas holidays yeah, or my whatever. Parents are holidays super, are celebrated. <laughs> they're super cool about it. Okay. Right now. So, um, yeah, my brother just got a house in Arlington, like pretty close to them. So we'll go do Thanksgiving, like at his house, and okay. I can bring whoever I want. Like yeah. one of my best friends, Skylar, if you're listening, what's up? <laughs> Actually, it was below me, but he's at work. And um, yeah, he came to Easter dinner one year, mm-hmm. like, and brought a bottle of wine, and my parents fell in love with him. Oh, like, he's that's the cool. best. And uh, yeah, so my parents love all my friends that are gay and like support me and it was interesting because at a like release party that I was having for Believe where Mm -hmm. I rented out this um like main event room in the building that I live in yeah and had Clove May which is another Dallas artist come out and sing and and my family came and it was a big it was a big mix of people because it's like my parents and then all these other people that I've lived in Dallas with for <laughs> so long, you know, yeah. even like people were there that like, I didn't even remember like their names. Oh gosh. Yeah. But it's you like know, you've awkward seen, moment. Some, You're like, you've oh, seen somebody, yeah. but like you don't remember their name. Yeah. So like even like, you know, like how do I navigate that when I have to introduce my parents to this, this person that I don't even know their name, yeah. but, yeah. um, yeah, it was interesting because this one guy who I, st- I never got his name, like, I was I had been drinking, like, at the point, you know, I don't remember a lot of people's names from that night, <laughs> but um, it went really well, though, so okay. I started drinking after, well, <laughs> mid-halfway through, <laughs> and um, this one guy, me and my parents were leaving, and I was telling them bye, and he came up, and started talking to them about like being gay and it was this really bizarre conversation that (laughs) should never have happened and my you know it was like like I said earlier my mom's like kind of shy she doesn't like keep it on the spot so it really put her on the spot and it pissed me off like this friggin guy like wouldn't you know like someone's says something yeah. And you're like, okay, that one thing was bad. But then they keep going and mm. keep pressing buttons and you're watching them do it. And you're like, you want to punch them? Oh, no. It's very that. And, um, but yeah, my, my, my parents handled it really well. They're just like, I remember my dad was like, yeah, it's like, we're fine with it. Like, what's your point? Yeah. yeah. And he just kept, it was so painful to oh. watch. I don't know what <laughs> it was. It's probably worse for you because you're just like, you know, your parents from yeah, I'm being like, around them don't... and knowing maybe how they think, but they're probably being courteous to this person and they just like no big deal to them right like yeah and then i remember like i still haven't even like talked to my parents about that and they probably think that i know that guy oh god i have no idea (laughs) they were probably being nice because they thought he was my friend but he was having some random conversations with your parents you're like what's happening here (laughs) and any normal person would be able to tell that my parents were not feeling and vibing with the conversation and stopped it but this Dude, just, just wasn't happening like that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, some people just don't have it as good, I think, when it comes to, you know, being able to live their life out in open. And a lot of times people just hide it for so long or they aren't able to just be able to express themselves, especially when it comes to family. So I think that's uh, that's real important. And that's a that's a, a very positive thing to have in your life that your family supportive. So Yeah, it's amazing. 
Very cool. Now, you talked about you did your Believe, um, your release party and everything. I think I had seen some other stuff that you had did on YouTube. Um, you also did like this like kind of comedy sketch mm-hmm. thing, right? It was um, with a comedian. You did yes, like a, was it like a, some kind of tutorial thing or something? Yeah, yeah sorry. well, I did a, <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about okay, that. Okay, <laughs> so here's the way I look back on that experience now. I made a, a few videos. I took some of them down, some of them I left up. So that one like, is one of my favorite videos. I turned my one of my comedian friends, her name's Carrie Smith. She's amazing. She's so funny. Go see her if you live in the Dallas area. She literally performs like too much. Like She's always, like, she works a full-time job. She's performing. Oh, like, wow. She busts her ass. And um... Yeah, so I had her over, we had some wine, and decided to make a YouTube video where I turned her into a man. (laughs) And so I cut up one of my wigs and made a lace front beard and mustache and just, like, turned her into a man. (laughs) And just edited it together, and I thought it was so funny, and I still do. I think it's a great video. I saw it. It is pretty funny. (laughs) But I don't know what I'm doing with makeup. Most of the time, I'm just rubbing shit on my face, so I don't think, like, the end result was good, but I think the, like, comedy value is gold. Oh, wow. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was kind of during a point where I was getting my feet wet, trying to figure out what my brand was and what my, you know, what my what my shtick is yeah and since then i found that but i think i was a little bit confused with what you know my brand and my vision and my messages yeah yeah so you feel like you have a better stronghold of what that is yeah but i mean i always like had that message it just you know sometimes it takes time to find the words and to, to it takes time to like to to try new things until something sticks yeah and music always stuck for me it's what I always go back to and what makes me the most happy and fulfilled. Like I think writing a really good song about something important that happened in your life is yeah. like the best, most rewarding experience because yeah. it's like having that memory locked away and on record yeah. like forever. Yeah. It'll always be there. And when, you know, when you listen to those songs, you're like, as long as you're like authentic when you're writing it, you're like, wow, good yeah. job for being able to put that into words. Yeah. Like, that's what I like to, that's the feeling I like to have. Yeah. And you talked about like, uh, earlier talking about like drawing from some of those past experiences and things. And I think, uh, maybe in a separate conversation we had that you talked a little bit about kind of drawing some things from a past relationship. Uh, and that was a pretty, uh, kind of a long-term relationship for you. Right. you said yeah. that. I think that, um, when a long-term relationship ends, um, or like when you think something's long-term and like you're surprised when it ends, it, for me, it fueled me to just really dive in to what I love because I was so sad that I just wanted to, to make myself happy. And so I dove into my music and I, then I got, you know, the, the call from the voice and the, yeah. the it just like started doors started opening and I like dove head first like not mounting a helmet yeah. uh, nothing <laughs> like I just was so hungry for I don't want to say validation but kind of like validation yeah but also to be able to do what I want to do and to try harder than I had ever tried at it to make 
something happened. I think there's something about the tenacity of the human spirit. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. it's something that you realize how resilient resilient you are when you're at a low point. Yeah. Like you have that some like sometimes that doesn't happen for like everybody and it hasn't always happened for me, but this time yeah. it was like a switch. Now, was this, um, I mean, the person that you mentioned, was it somebody that, I mean, like, was this, like, your first boyfriend, or was this, like... Not first. Not first. like, A. Okay. But for me, at the time, it was very... It was my longest one. Yeah. So it definitely, like, made it imprint on me, like, and whenever you are, like, your day-to-day, like, you when you live with someone, you know, like, you're... You get so, like, almost addicted. It's like you... And then you, when you don't get a chance to, like, wean yourself off and you just get cut off and you have nobody texting you and, like, because you've been, like, you know, like, with somebody. Yeah, I mean, it, you invest in a lot of time in the relationship and it's... Yeah. You know, when it's, it's no longer there, it's like, well, yeah. you know, like, those things that you built up from a daily basis are mm-hmm. just... It yeah. makes you really sad. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, uh, uh you know, you're you've healed well from from that past relationship, and have well, channeled, it was the best channeled thing. that energy into some other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the best thing that ever happened to me, yeah. and I have had like multiple people tell me that. Oh like, wow! Just like tell me that. Yeah, and I'm like, that's, I know. Yeah, that's but some thank like you good for... reassurance, right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> My boss told me that, so they probably could see the signs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all could, but yeah. no one wants to. Read them. Why would you do that? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> yeah. No. Stay tuned for part three of my interview with Alex Kautz. And don't forget to subscribe to In the Outside podcast and share it with all of your friends. I have lots of female inspirations. I've always been inspired by strong female women. And I got the key and I have so much fun with changing up my looks and... I think that it adds so much to a performance, like performance value when you've got hair flying around and I like forget that people don't know because I'm not closeted like in my wig wearing, I'm very open about it. I think I confuse a lot of people because I, uh, on my social media, I'm always looking different and a lot of people I think probably wonder if I'm transgender, if being content with who I am as a person and letting go of what other people think or misconceive.